All right, what's going on, everybody? I hope you're having a good day. Um, in this special episode, we're going to have Nick Lissandro on. And uh, if you don't know who he is, it's somebody that I've had the privilege to work with for almost three years prior to him moving to Europe and playing with a elite club at their pro academy level in Cyprus called Applewell. And I'm going to let Nick kind of share his story and talk about um, his, his footballing journey to this point. And then we're going to ask him some questions about his process in Europe and maybe some differences and a whole bunch of other things related to the game. So go ahead, Nick. Why don't you tell us your story? Hi. So I moved here last summer in August, and I started my season with Hopwell in September. All right. So that's a little bit of a backstory and. and for further insight, I met Nick when he was about nine years old, um, and he was based in the United States and got an opportunity for a training experience overseas at Applewell. Uh, he went over for school and was able to get into the academy, and now he's over there full-time. Um, and he's been there for a year, and I'm um, looking to continue on his journey to try and become a pro player. And uh, so the first question for you, Nick, as we dive into this, how was playing in the United States, and how does Applewell and the level compare? Um, in the U.S., it was frustrating because a lot of the kids didn't have the basics, like passing and receiving down, so it was, it was hard, but in Cyprus, a lot of the kids have already, like, been worked up through the academy, and they've been trained by really good coaches, so they all have those aspects down good, and it's easier to play with them. And why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's maybe the training structure? Do you think it's maybe the interest of the kids? What do you think kind of makes that difference? Um, I think it's partly that the coaches and the whole academy, during the younger years, they develop technical, like every training, and they don't really focus on tactical. And so they get their technical down. And also, I think a lot of the actual team, they all want to advance in football and they just love playing it so they they get better easily because they're more interested gotcha yeah and that would definitely make a big impact in terms of how you could develop if you if you have a team that you're surrounded with that's a higher level you would definitely progress um my next question would be how many how many sessions do you do a week um we do monday tuesday thursday and friday so four and then you also work in the morning right yeah. So can you explain how that works? So when I get to my school, I'll go to training at 8 o'clock, and we train until 9, and then I go through school until 2 o'clock, and then I do um, one more class until 3.45, and, and then I run down to my field because my field is right next to my school, and I start training at 4. Wow, so you got everything kind of hooked up right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, in in relationship to the U.S. and maybe a difference between Apple and the U.S. rather, do you feel like you're actually developing at your team practices? Like, do you see yourself improving? Yeah, um, a lot because every week we have a different aim. So every week we do different aspects of the game. And they're really good drills, so every week I'm learning more about a different aspect. And so we kind of go in a circle with those, and so every time I get a little bit better. 
Gotcha. And then kind of walk me through. So when you were here in the United States, you had to do a lot of individual sessions. How many individual sessions have you done, like a one-on-one or anything like that, while being at Applewell? We, we don't really do individual sessions, but we do do a lot of 1v1s and stuff like that. But you don't have like a one-to-one, like a player and a coach. It's all team-based. Like you're, you're working as a no, group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's funny because I remember when you were here, we had to do a lot of one-to-ones, and, but it sounds like at Applewell yeah. you have a much higher level of performance. Yeah. So you've never done like a private session or anything? No. <laughs> And, and why do you think that is? Um, I think it is because, like, when I was in America, I had to do a lot of one-on-one trainings with you because I didn't really get a lot out of my normal team trainings. But over there, you feel like you get a lot out of it? Yeah. Gotcha. So then tell me a little bit. Your next question would be, what are some of the Apple expectations for you and the other players? Like, are there any rules or anything that you have to follow? How does that work? Yeah, so we have to get to training on time. When you get to training, you put your bags in a line and you put your shoes on and you wait for the coach to come. And we we also have to go and get all of the balls and cones and things like that and bring them to the pitch. And we can't play with them. And so we wait and we get ready. And when the coach comes, we sit down quietly and we let the coach tell us what we're going to do during training. And so, like, let's say there's a drill and we finish it and the coach tells us to come. We all run as quick as we can and we go and sit down so he can tell us what he has to tell us. Okay, so can you can you recap that for me, at least the part? So you said you put down your bags, you grab all the equipment, um, and then you have to wait for the coach, right? That's what you said. You can't do anything on the field until the coach shows up. Yeah, yeah. So you can't like grab a bag of balls and start shooting or passing. You literally have to wait and wait for the coach. Uh, yeah, because they don't want us to get injured doing doing just random stuff. Right, right, right. No, that's awesome because uh, you know I, I'm sure you can remember when you were here. You know the number of kids that would go grab a ball and just start shooting at the goal or yeah. you know not properly taking care of their body. So does that mean like after your coach kind of introduces the practice? Does he, like, take you through a warm-up, or how does that work? Yeah, we do a warm-up, and then we normally would do um, a rondo, and then we get into the drills that the coach has for us that day. Gotcha, gotcha. So then, let me ask you, first, what is the level like? Like, compared to, let's say, the United States, which I know, I, I don't know too much about Applewell's level or the Cypress level, how does it compare to the United States? How close How close is the team that you played for in the United States to Applewell? It's, I don't think it's close. It's really close at all. Because uh, in Cyprus, a lot of the, like, the players, they've been playing together for so long that they, like, they pass so good. And they all have like, really good technical ability. And... It, we all work together, and there's not really any like ball hogging, because that's what we've learned. And we play the ball, play the ball until we get an opening, and then we go and we try and score. Gotcha. So everybody's kind of like on the same page and work together. Yeah, they understand the game better. Gotcha. And then tell me, what what position do you play? Um, normally in a game, I would play 
uh, a center back, a defensive mid, or or an attacking mid. Oh, so they have and you rotate. Go ahead. Yeah, and sometimes if we're winning by like a lot, they put me on a winger. So you you play three to four positions, what a game or? Yeah. So so walk me through. So you, you're playing in a game, and you'll start as a center back, and then what will happen? So the coach will sum somebody in for my center back and take out the defensive mid, and I would go into the defensive mid spot. And then they would do the same thing for you move to the attacking mid? Yeah. So then let me ask you, how many minutes in a game, if you could put a guess, do you think that you play a different position outside of center back? Uh, I probably play three-fourths of the time center back, and then the other time I play mostly defensive mid. Gotcha. But at least you're playing, you know, two or three positions. So next question for you would be, how difficult was it for you to adjust when you first arrived at Applewell to the level? It, it wasn't that difficult because the training with you, like I learned like, so much of every aspect of the game that it wasn't very hard to to fit in with them. So what? But what was difficult? Was there something that like stood out where you're like, wow, this is a little bit hard? Maybe it was the speed, the athleticism of the players. Yeah. What what was difficult? The first training when I got there, it was kind of hard because of I wasn't used to how fast they played. Mm -hmm. But then I thought about it after training, and the next day I went in, and I did it better, and I could play with them easier. Gotcha. And then, you know, walk me through, what does a typical Applewell practice look like? So the coach sits down and talks to us about, like on Monday, he would tell us, um, this week we're going to focus on defending. So then we would go into a warm-up, and then we would do a rondo. And with the rondo, we normally do um, 7v2, but we only get one touch, and it's like a really small um, box. And then we would go into one or two drills that have defending in them. And at the end of training, we do a scrimmage, but we have to... Um, incorporate what we learned in that training. Gotcha. So, but your coach will give you a topic for the week. So he's going to say, for these four practices, we're going to do this as a general like overview. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So, in in terms of these sessions, how much of it is say technical? A lot of it is technical. So it's like three fourths technical, a technical one fourth tactical. Wow, so three-fourths of your practice is technical. Yeah. And did, did they, do they have like a timeline when they're going to stop doing technique? Because you just played U13, so you're going to be going into U14. Um, are you still going to do a lot of technical next year? Yeah, so it goes up and I get out of grassroots. They start kind of, we still do technical because we still need to improve, but we start learning more about the tactical aspect of, of the game. Gotcha. And then, you know, kind of talk to me about the oppositions that you play. So, like, the opposing teams that you play against, what what kind of style do they play? Does Is it like what we have in America where teams just, you know, kick it and boot it? Or how do they play? None, none of the teams that, that I've played against actually boot the ball. Like, they all try and play passes to try to get the ball forward. So you're telling me 
none of the teams that you've played against, and in Cyprus, for example, um, booed it. Yeah, even the teams that didn't have the best of players, they still try and pass the ball because that's the correct way of playing football. So is that like instruction from their coaches? Like, do you hear the coaches saying that? Or what? what is the process behind that? Because I'm curious because, I mean, as you know, living in this country in the United States, most teams will yeah. just boot it until about 15, 16 because they re- rely on athleticism. And then by the time they get to that age, they're no longer effective. So do you have any idea why? Yeah. I think it's partly that the coaches know that passing is the right way, and they know that that's what the best teams do, and so that's what they try and do with their teams. And also the kids, I think, like love football, and they watch a lot of football, so they know that that's the right way to play. Gotcha. So it's, all, it's more like a cultural change. Everybody kind of buys into it. Yeah, yeah. So on, on that note, do you guys do like film sessions? Do you guys like go watch games together? Because um, I have seen some of your Instagram posts, and you'll be at an Apple game. So do you do you go as a team, or is it just you and your mom? Or yeah, the the academy buys us tickets, and so when we all go and we all enter the stadium together, we watch the game together. And the coach doesn't allow us to play on our phone, and they also we're not allowed to buy bad stuff from the. The, the concession stand. We're only allowed to get um, sandwiches and orange juice. Wow, so they're really strict even on diet. Yeah, and they they don't want us to play on our phone so we can watch the game and learn. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. I wish we had something like that. Also, after, after our normal trainings, we have to bring either like a granola bar or fruit in our bag to eat right after training. Wow, that is pretty awesome to give you that so much structure at the same time freedom. Um, so then, yeah. when you do, you guys have like team sessions where you get to watch like do you guys like have somebody that films your games? Do you get to do like video sessions to review? Yeah. So normally on one day at the beginning of training, we have to go early and we go in a classroom and my coach puts it onto a projector and we watch the game and he tells us what we did right and what we did wrong. Well, how often do you do that? Maybe like once a week, once a month? Um, it's kind of like every two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. So they're already making a big investment into uh, tactics, it sounds like, because even though they're not necessarily training tactical at practice that often, you're at least getting it from film session. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you have like one-on-one meetings with your coach or maybe some groups? So does the coach like you know, take you in for 10 minutes to his office or something and then, you know, kind of have maybe an individual plan with you or anything like that? Um, no, not really, but sometimes he would tell all of the midfielders to come to him and he tells us, like, where we have to go and what to do better and stuff like that. Well, well, well. Um, all right, next question. Have you had a chance to, like, meet the first team players, like the pro players, and at the same time... Do you train at a facility that's close to them? Yeah, there was this one meet and greet where you could go and meet all of the professional players. So I met two of their two of their top players, um, Nicolas Iwanu and um, Musa Damari. Wow. But do they they don't train? Uh, is the academy separate from the pro team, so they don't train at the same facility? Or yeah, it's kind of close, but it's not that close. Okay, I gotcha. And then tell me, what about? Or who is the best team that you've played against and why? So it could be any team in the world that you've played against. 
Who was it and why? Um, Valencia. From Spain? Uh, because, yeah, in the Mundialito, we played against them in the quarter round of 16, I mean. And they were just so, like, calm. And, and they were just pass, 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 pass. And it was just so, so crazy how fast they played. But it was still, like, controlled. What was the uh, what was the score of the game? They beat us seven one, wow. but we we got we were really nervous when we went in, and so they kind of like an advantage on us. So we had a late a late start because they put like six goals in the first half, but wow. then when we came in the second half, we were more focused and ready to like go out, and we scored a goal, and they only put they only scored one on us. Gotcha. And what do you think, outside of nervousness or fear, what do you think was the difference outside of that from you to Valencia? I don't think there, there was that much of a difference, except that Valencia plays against so many like really good teams regularly. Gotcha. So you think they play at a consistently higher level than yeah. Apoel does. And is that just because, you know, they play against, like, Barcelona, probably Real Madrid, so on and so forth, and you probably play against lower-level competition? Is that, what, is that what you mean? Yeah, so they have more experience in that level of competition. And then how often do you guys travel outside of Cyprus to play? Probably one, once a year. At the end of every season, we go to different places to play a tournament. Okay. Like, we were supposed to, I think June 5th or something, we were supposed to go to uh, Athens in Greece to play a tournament and a few friendlies, but we can't because of the quarantine and coronavirus. Gotcha. And then, so walk me through this, because people that are going to listen to this uh, might ask questions like this, you know, how much did you train or what did you do? How do you think you got prepared to reach a European Academy level? Um, well, every day I would go out with my dad to the fields and I would train. Like even like every day when you when I didn't train with you or my team um, and on the weekends, me and my dad would go out and we would take shots and he would run me through different drills and also training with you because you, you helped me a lot to actually be able to play with them. I really want to highlight the part where you said you trained on your own. So you would put a value on, was it training every day that you, let's say you didn't have practice with either me or your team. Did you train on your own every day then or days that you didn't have practice? Because I, I want people to understand yeah. that if, if you want to reach a level like you did, what does it really take? Yeah, I, w- I would train every single day. Um, and also after me and my dad would train, we would go on a walk to to downtown, and I would bring my ball, and I would just dribble dribble downtown, and I would walk around with the ball, and I would juggle sometimes. So I had the ball with me at all times. Gotcha. And then, so let me ask you, what what advice would you give somebody that probably has the same dream as you to play for an academy or even become a pro? Because in, in the circumstance you have, it's really unique. You know, you have an opportunity to you know, live the dream and play for a European pro club and their academy, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's maybe like an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old that wants to make what make 
really make what you did? I think they should listen to everything that you say about what it takes to actually, um, like, to play in Europe and at that level. And you just train every day, but don't, like, overtrain. And you have to, like, you have to eat right and you have to sacrifice some things to actually get better and be able to play at that level. And then, so obviously I really appreciate you saying that about me to being able to help somebody. Kind of tell the people that are listening, what do you think, what did you do? Like what, what set you apart and what made you really want to go to Europe and play? What, what, what drove you to get there? Well, just seeing like the professional players, like I just want to be them and like seeing how the academies in Europe play. Like, just, I really want to play like them and play with a team like that. And I think it's because I love doing it and that I really want to get better because I like it when I see myself get better. Gotcha. So then let everybody know, what is your what is your ultimate dream? So, you know, and, and you know, you're, you're 12 years old, you played U13, you're going to be 13 shortly. What is your ultimate dream? I want to play for the national team and I want to play for the the top professional team probably awesome so let's do the next question so just so everybody kind of knows you you got an opportunity I think it was March of last year so basically a little more than a year ago and you got to go over for a training experience so it wasn't a trial but you got a chance to go overseas and train with Applewell's team yeah. Um, what kind of feedback did the staff give you? Um, were they impressed by your level? How did that kind of work? So they didn't really tell me a lot, but they did tell me that whoever was training me in America did an extremely good job. <laughs> well, so like, if I remember correctly, you, you got a chance to go play in the Mundialito, uh, and I want to say that was what, like yeah. a month later? So when you yeah. got to go to the Mundialito, how did it work from there? Like, what kind of information or, you know, or how did that kind of work? Um, when we were in, in March and I was training for them, they told us about the tournament and they gave us the, the kit. And so I went back to America and then I went with my mom to, the, to Spain. And then like two or two days later, the team came and the coach had my shirt ready with my number on it. And they had my... Um, pass into the Mundialito and so we went to the hotel with the team and we we stayed there and we played the matches that's awesome and then I guess after that they were impressed by your level and it just kind of worked out from there yeah man it's an awesome story so let's do this let's kind of recap here back in the United States for a second because um, I think a lot of people here get confused about what's really really important at the end of the day so if, if somebody has a dream that was like yours to go and be a future pro player, um, how many tournaments or leagues did you win, do you think, when you lived in the United States before you went over to Applewell? I think I won four. I won four tournaments. So from nine to, what, 11, give or take, right? Yeah. You only won four tournaments. Yes. So what what really do you think was the focus for you in terms of to get ready for Applewell? Was it, was it just winning or was it, trying to play a certain way and develop? Or what do you think was the real determining factor to help you get there? Because it doesn't sound like winning really transpired into you being a pro academy player. 
I was just focusing on developing. Like in games, I would try to do things that that either you taught me or or I thought about or my dad taught me. Gotcha. And also, I tried to strengthen my my mental development. So I focused on mental development and a technical development. So then, for for you. Or at least with Apple and I. So when you guys go into a game or whatever, what does the coach tell you? Does he say, hey, you guys need to win today? Or is it more like, okay, we want you to play a certain way and then try and win? Or what is the circumstances that I give you? Our coach tells us that we have to do what we learned in training. He's like, it's okay if you don't win. I want you to play like we learned in training. Gotcha. So it sounds like while winning is important, the most important thing is to translate what you're practicing into the game. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And then, you know, I, I've known you for a number of years, and, and I can tell anybody that's listening that Nick is a highly competitive individual. And um, he gave 150% at every single practice or game. And for a lot of people that are listening to this, you know, I, I think that's something that separated Nick because I, I've told this story to people, but I've never done it on air. And uh, simply put that in the two and a half years that I worked with Nick, I probably had to push him two times and say, okay, Nick, you need to work harder, right? Whereas he comes and he works and he works and he works. So anybody that's listening to this that, you know, has a dream like Nick that says, hey, I want to go be a pro, or have a chance to go play in Europe. Um, and, and he hasn't talked about it too much yet. And maybe he will in a second. But it, it's just you know having that mindset. That no matter what I'm doing. I am trying to be the best. Because I think that's something that has really separated him. From say an average American player. Because even if he was just doing private practice. Or training with his team. Or playing in a game. Um, and Nick feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But um, at least from what I saw. You always tried to win the game. And you were vocal. And you tried to make the difference. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like still, like still I wanted to win because I don't really, I, I don't like losing. Right. But I mean, even, even you mentioned though, when you lived here, it sounds like you didn't even win as much as you probably should have just because of the effort that you put in. Yeah. So it's, it's for anybody that's listening, right? So winning obviously is very, very important and, uh, you know, feels good for sure. But winning doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to develop into an elite player. So in two and a half years from 9 to 11, uh, I guess 11 and a half, Nick, um, Nick only won four tournaments and or leagues in two and a half years. So that should kind of tell you that while winning is great, but it's more about the development process of a player if, if the goal is to become or reach the level like Nick has. And again, Nick's in a very unique moment or experience simply because of where he's at. He's playing for a European Pro Academy. Um, His team is playing. They competed at the qualifier for the Champions League at the pro level, and now they're in the Europa League. And uh, they're the best club in Cyprus. So you can probably imagine the the level of performance that you need to have. And uh, Nick, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that you know, your club, they're not recruiting teams, they're recruiting individual players. So if they're bringing somebody in, it's, it's a player, not a team. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's something I want everybody to kind of understand is if, if you're going to be doing this and that's your goal, there are certain developmental steps that you need to reach. And it, it doesn't just end with ball mastery of dribbling, it's incorporating everything. 
So Nick, um, that's pretty much all of my questions. Is there anything else that you kind of want to finish up with, maybe as like a final part, uh, to, to leave people with that are listening or that are going to listen? Because there's a, quite a few people that listen, and I'm sure there's going to be more in the future that would love to kind of get your input or your experience, because you're doing something that almost nobody else is. Yeah, no, I don't really have uh, much else to say except that you just keep training and stay strong and focused and stay strong mentally. Yeah, and, and that's it, guys. I mean, you're going to have moments, and I'm sure Nick can tell you, when, when things didn't go his way and he had to push through it um, and, and really fight for that. Yeah. So, Nick, do me a favor real quick before I forget because I will try and get – or I want people to you know check out your Instagram. Can you let everybody know what your Instagram name is and probably do it twice? Yeah, my Instagram name is Nicolis07, N-I-K-O-L-Y-S-07. Awesome. So, uh, Nick, I just want to tell you, um, I am super, super proud of you. I mean, I talk to your mom usually about once a week, and you know, she keeps me updated with everything that you're doing, and really, really, I am super proud of everything that you've accomplished, and uh, I really do hope that you get to continue and and take your journey to the next step and uh, i will continue to support you all along the way and um you know hopefully i'll be able to get over to uh, cyprus to see you guys soon i know i was supposed to go over this season but unfortunately due to covid wasn't able to but hopefully in the <laughs> relatively near future i can but i just wanted to let you know that i'm super yeah. super proud of you and and i'll continue to root for you and be here every step of your your way through your journey okay thanks coach i owe a lot to you Hey guys, I absolutely love that you're checking out and listening to the podcast. And I only have one ask quickly, and that would be if you could please share this podcast with somebody else that you maybe know that is going through the system or struggling to navigate it from the youth soccer perspective. And that would mean the absolute world to me because as you know, I don't sell anything through the podcast and I don't have any sponsorships. And the more people that I can help, that is my overall objective. So I would absolutely love if you could share this with somebody Take the five seconds to do so by sending it through social media or WhatsApp or whatever way that you like to share content, and I will make sure that I continue to deliver valuable and insightful content for you.